calming down poinsettia. The conclusion. Goodbye, eyes. Those are tough eyes, man. It's last time, you know, you're probably ever going to see one another again. That sudden empty you feel, followed by the swallow because you can't speak. You feel like you should say something, but you, what can you say? What is there to say? Remember all that shit you did that got you there? Remember that shit they did? Yeah, it's over. It hurts. Remember how sweet it used to be? And how it hurts because it feels like that, but you can't do it anymore. You don't want to do it anymore. You don't even want to try anymore. So you swallow. But fuck, it hurts. I'm glad. Summer and I had that window between us when our eyes parted for the last time. Shane swung by in the U-Haul to pick, you know, hand me the apartment keys. And Summer was in the passenger seat of the Stingray. Lena was driving. I stood down at the bottom of the stairs and I watched the car. Lena at the wheel, hook a ride on Sunset. I caught myself running about halfway up. Shane was driving the U-Haul close in tow, and I don't know, I guess hope I was hoping something would stop her, but our distant stare at one another was cut short by life. I swear she was looking right at me. She called me that night from Flagstaff, you know, I'll never forget it. <laughs> they had Shane sleeping in the U-Haul, but um, her and Lena got a room, and she had gone out to a payphone, and she offered to hold on while I dropped everything, hopped a bus to catch up, but I refused. Not meanly, not maliciously. I just said, I can't, Summer. I can't. I just couldn't. The last breath I ever heard of that woman was the gas she made before hanging up hanging up payphone with I-40 traffic blowing behind her. I sat in our near-empty apartment alone and um, sitting on that futon in the middle of the floor just cried. That's okay. Phone rang again. The truth is I didn't want to answer it at first, but I wasn't not going to answer it if it was summer. Yeah, I'm only guessing. But if, if summer had called a second time that night, I might have taken up her offer. Yeah, it's one of them moments in my life, like the pat down that never came. When I was in Carson, running $2,500 worth of shit up there in the leg of my fucking boot. I should have gone to fucking jail. And I would have done a stretch because I never would have given up, my folks. Ever. 
They knew that. That's why I was doing it and getting laid by Angela. Had I picked up that fucking phone and had it been summer, yeah, this would been I wouldn't be alive probably. But I did pick it up, and it wasn't summer. It was Michelle on Janine. <laughs> Calling all the way in from that house in Whittier. My friend. That beautiful girl next door who reminded me that I was a fucking human being too. <laughs> it was Michelle on Janine. And I have to admit, when I heard her voice calling just to check on me, man, was I relieved to not be alone. Yeah. She was a phone call away. Matter of fact, all of my Southern California kid friends rallied around my ass after summer left. Sure. They pulled up in a caravan of cars and literally carried me off poinsettia. Not kidding. They uh, took me over to my new digs in North Hollywood. I was going to be living in the servants' quarters with Barrick. And I did. I did. I lived in the servants' quarters with Barrick. And it was great. We worked together as lighting techs for a little bit. I didn't have any bad issues there until we went to Coronado Island to do in the ballroom for Dow Industries. Dow Industries had a big, and we did the lighting shit for the big banquet they had. Yeah. Well, naturally that night as the banquet was taking place inside the ballroom, Barrick and I lifted a fifth of gin and went and set out on that white sandy beach where we thought Marilyn Monroe and Tony Curtis and them had filmed that scene. And we sat there and we, well, we got shit-faced. <laughs> and hi. Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, when we were breaking down about 2 in the morning, um, yeah, all I could think about was um, my first trip down there was summer. And the loss of our first kid, it was bad at first. But it wasn't all bad. Because, well, me and Barrett burned the neighborhood down in North Hollywood, and I'm not going to go into that. That's another story. It was an accident, kind of. See, the black cat fireworks come back to haunt me, and they weren't responsible for burning anything down, but they were responsible for getting the Catholic kids who lived next door expelled from their private Catholic school. Oh, fuck yeah, I sold those kids, those firecrackers, for money. Those kids are getting like 20, 30 bucks a week in allowance. I needed that money. Yeah, string of black cats. Yeah, here's a string of 50, 30 bucks. Yeah, well, steal it out of your mom's purse. I didn't know they were going to take the shit to school and throw it under a nurse's habit. Crazy little shits. Those rich kids are fucking wild. But anyway, um, I don't know. There was court orders involved. It's a long story, but the point is, Barrett burned the neighborhood down, and this time it wasn't me. That's, yeah. Um, but we both took the heat for it. I mean, when we pulled up in the car, all the emergency vehicles were there, and half the, it looked like a bomb had gone off. The houses were gone and shit. 
nobody got hurt, thank God. But we lost, well, me and Barrick, we didn't lose our shit. We just fucked up everybody else's. God, that's a long story. I don't want to get into that. What I want to talk about is, <laughs> like I say, it's a miracle we didn't end up in dead or in jail, okay? Uh, yeah, pigeons were shitting on us at that point. <laughs> That's a long story, too. What I'm trying to get to is um, I was there cooking something for Barrick and I to eat one day in our little kitchenette. Phone ring. And it was Beatrice. I could not fucking believe it. My second wife. I didn't even know she knew where the fuck I was. But she tracked me down at Barrick's. Hello, baby. She exclaimed through the phone. Hey, I said, B. I have a smile on ear to ear. How are you, baby? Oh, I find baby with Rosemary in jail. She shouted over the top of me. <laughs> I busted out laughing, slapping Barrick on the back. He was taking a hit on his bong. I pressed the phone closer to my ear as Barrick turned up nine-inch nails with his foot while simultaneously taking another hit from his bong. You're shitting me. Rosemary's in jail, I shouted back at B, needing to hear it again. Yes, baby. She go to prison. B laughed. I'd listen carefully as B had explained how Classic Touch had been raided and shut down. Officers had literally stormed Rosemary's penthouse, guns drawn and all. Yeah. Well, somebody had tipped off Rosemary at that raid was coming because she was careful to have her lawyer there, that young, arrogant lawyer who was supposed to help navigate Beatrice and I's marriage through, which, of course, that went to shit. Yeah. And John McLean was no help either. <laughs> point is, somebody tipped Rosemary off that that raid was coming but didn't make a shit that she had her lawyer there because everybody got arrested, including... The folks at the flower shop. Now, I don't know anything, and I'm not saying anything. What I will say is Barrett pitched me the keys to his attic. And I drove near the parking garage. There used to be a parking garage by that fucking hotel next to Rosemary's. Sorry, I kept referring to it as the Carlton, but that's one of them book mistakes you made. I'm pretty sure it was the fucking gay lord. Yeah, it's over there by the fucking derby and shit. I can't remember. All I know is I could see the fucking roof. Rosemary's penthouse from the top of that parking garage when I parked Barrick's Audi up there. Rosemary's raided. God damn it, I had to see it with my own eyes. I got out of the car and I climbed up on the roof. Barrick's car. Orange sky. Give me a perfect view of where I used to sit and drink wine. All the deck chairs, tables, and barbecue stuff that had been used for my 20th birthday was long gone. The drapes had been torn down off the big sliding doors into the big open living room, the big stoop, and the bar was still there, but empty. Sectional was gone. All those fucking plants that were everywhere, long gone. I'm sure all the VHS tapes, everything. Naturally, it was empty. I looked over at the corner of the roof where Mark and I had stood. 
night of my birthday when he told me he was going to join the seminary and be a Catholic priest. Well, he became one. Father Mark McGinnis, he um, had the Jesuits in China. Word is, kids really loved him over there. He died a few years ago from pancreatic cancer, and I, um, I hate. From Rosemary's roof to now, we never got a chance to see her even so much as talk ever again. But I know he knew of me, because he called my mom once, but I just hate that we never got to say goodbye. That's why I'm dedicating this book to my friend and my brother, the guy who pulled me off the street out there the first time, Mark McGinnis. I saw Jessica again after Los Angeles. Yeah, we joined each other on the East Coast, but that's another story. As for Rosemary, well, word I got was she died a few years later. Yeah, she went to prison, aggressive form of cancer, come back and ate her up. And I don't have anything to say about any of that, okay? When our paths crossed, I fucking hated her. Stood on barracks alley that night, and I looked over that ledge, that penthouse roof, because I just had to see it with my own eyes. I had to know she was really fucking gone. And the whole time I'm standing there, and I'm looking at that little picture window. A little picture window. I just couldn't take my eyes off that fucking window. That very little picture window I'd stared at so fucking nights laying there in my room. I mean, that wasn't where Summer and I first told one another we loved each other, but it was where we had loved for the very first time. I stood there atop Barracks Audi, atop that parking garage, looking over at that window, just letting the tears blow off my fucking face. But a strange resolve was in my heart at the same time because as I pathetically stared at the roof of that penthouse, that empty fucking pussy palace of rosemaries, I knew I was looking at summer. I knew I was staring at summer saying goodbye to that cunt rosemary. I don't know that. It's what I would have done. She gave Rosemary exactly what was fucking coming to her. I'm just sorry the bitch died in prison. That way. And that's the only thing I'm sorry for. Now, I went after Summer. Sure. I'm not getting into that. The whole hunk of shit that happened in my life. 
before I finally met the love of my life. There is no comparison. I don't even think about it. There's nothing to think about. I'm not that kid anymore. That's not to say that I don't care about Summer and at least appreciate and love the memory of her and everything we shared and lost. It wasn't fake. But I'm not that guy. I can't even relate to that fucking kid anymore. But still... If anything, I was just sorry to. I was sorry to read a story a handful of years back about Summer. Well, I saw her legal name in the newspaper anyway, and I was really disappointed to see that she's out there still fucking hustling. The world kept turning, see, and so did I. I cried for a couple of years over summer. I'd wake up crying sometimes, and then one day I met the woman that made them tears stop and never fucking come back again. And that's the woman. That's the love of my life. That's the woman I'm married to 30 years later. I don't have any animosity in my heart towards summer at all. Why would I? We were just kids. The fucking fact is, I've never been more different. As childish as I am, I've never been more different. <laughs> and the proof is in the pudding, you see. When, when I never thought I would stop crying about summer. I went out to the midnight rodeo in Tulsa, Oklahoma one night, and there she was. I couldn't believe it. It was loving my life. Before I could even stop myself, I was standing in front of her. I put my hand out, and I said, Hi. My name is Stan. The world is cracked. The sky is torn. Hanging in, you're holding on. Can't pretend that nothing's changed, even in the shadows of love.
So much more.